Above the expanse of red splatter, there were stars. To the rear of the ship, there was the sun and faint stars around it. To the front, more stars. But strangest of all was the bottomless sensation of seeing stars underneath, for as far as the eye could see. It reminded Alia of the experience she had read about describing sailing a boat across an ocean. One could feel the sheer depth below. To imagine your own physical presence floating on that ocean to scale was to accept the terrifying vision of your insignificance and mortality. Space had the same effect, to the power of ten. When she was young, her father had taken her to see the ocean, which extended west from the lofty mountains. She remembered being shocked by its turquoise vastness and blinded by its radiance. Space created the same feeling of openness, but without a horizon and anchor point. She felt her spirit just drifted in the dark. Although they'd only been on board for a week, on Earth more than a month had elapsed. The flare was predicted to occur in several days. Alia had mixed feelings about watching it. The sun was still the brightest feature in all of the surrounding space. What if she had been correct about its strength? It would be the end of the planet. Guilt was a force with her like a constant companion. Feelings of and memories for Bess and Claire came regularly, and as she looked around the ship, she could see many real people in similar states of depression. Both they and Napians had transplanted their former lives onto the star sapphire. The real people had been used to living in small, underground, self-contained places, growing their own food and being very careful with water and waste. The difference was now that they were not surrounded by rock, dirt, and dust, and that everywhere they turned, there was a Napian watching. They lived in a conundrum. They hated the Napians for what they'd done, yet remained dependent on them. The Napian lifestyle was transportable due to it being completely internalized. A Napian was a self-contained unit. Food, information, medical supplies, entertainment. It was all available from and within the body. All they needed was to be comfortable, warm, and sheltered, and be in proximity to the network, and through it they could obtain everything. Tuesday came, or at least that's what they called it. All the port windows on the ship were opened, and the ship was turned 90 degrees to its usual course. And there, extending in an arc of little black shiny eggs, were the other four ships of the first fleet. This first glimpse of their sister ships gave everyone a sense of well-being. The mood on the sapphire was heightened in anticipation of the event. A number of subs had stayed in their rooms, worried that this was going to be just another tragedy. But even most of those, terrified as they were by the looming specter, came stealing out of their cabins to witness the historic moment with their own eyes. It was assumed there would be some kind of flash. The sun was about the size of a marble, and with the tinting of the main window, it appeared more like an orangey-yellow pea. 
Nearly everyone on board the five ships was watching and talking when, after about forty minutes of intense viewing, an almost imperceptible flash, like the flicker of a torch, was seen. Many of the spectators missed it and began looking at their friends, saying, "What? What happened? Was that it? I didn't see anything. What?" Others were yelling, "Keep watching, you idiot! Don't look at me. Watch!" And similar such conversations.